welcome to the newest edition of Out of the Podcast. Dan, what episode are we on? Episode 31. Numerical Dan here to tell us that we are on episode 31. That's my job. What's what's <laughs> my numerical nickname going to be? Um, Dig- digits Joey. I like it. I'll take it. I don't I know. Sh- I, should be, I should be Digits Dan. That, that, should be, that, that should probably be me. Okay. The D, the D part, you know. You're like, what do they call that? Alliteration? Alliteration, no. yeah. It is alliteration? Uh, okay. Uh, there? Is it? No. Kind of. Not really. What is it called? It's something I, like that. Yeah. I, Struggling with the intro of the show, Dan. Yes, we're doing we're off great. To, off to a great start. Well, you can't believe we script this stuff. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. Speaking of catching you off guard, should we get to it? I guess. I'm scared. All right. Let's see what we got. Can you hear that? I can, yes. Hi. Hi, Mom. How's it going? Good. How about you? Good. Can you, Dan, say hi to my mom. Can you hear? Hi. How are you? You hear that, Mom? Yes. Who's that? That's Dan. We're doing the podcast right now. Yes, welcome to the show. Oh, hello, everyone. He says, hello, everyone. Hopefully this is all working. We're, we're trying to experimental. I had the quickest of questions for you, if that's all right. Okay. This came up last week. We were talking about the film Nothing But Trouble. Do you remember this movie? Nothing But Trouble. That's with John Candy? It is with John Candy, absolutely. Okay. Did you like that movie? Um, I remember liking it, but I don't remember it very well. Okay, that's fair enough. I would just were, we were talking about it, and I was just like, I couldn't. Uh, was it just something we rented, or did we actually like it? It was tough to remember. Oh, that was video store material. Absolutely, video store material. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I just wanted to bring that closure to everybody. <laughs> Do you remember it? I remember it very well. It's a movie you don't forget. You got some uh, crazy Dan Aykroyd and, and crazy makeup. Yes. Doing doing the, his thing as he always does. And then, uh, yeah, of course, multiple John Candies and, and the roller coaster stuff. and New Jersey. Did you like it? New Jersey. I, I think it was a fun ride as a kid. I don't know how is it, if it's aged well enough yeah, for me. I agree. I, I don't, it was so long ago that I just can't remember if it would, you know, be good this time around. Okay. That's a fair enough review. Uh, okay. And before we get rid of you, what's your favorite film noir? Boy, that's a tough one. Um, We're talking Big Sleep today. I don't know. Postman Always Rings Twice was a good one. Oh, our least favorite movie. Double Jeopardy. Indemnity, you mean? Double Indemnity. <laughs> no, what was it? Oh, Double Jeopardy was the one with uh, Demi Moore or something. No, isn't that like Ashley Judd? Oh, yeah. Was it, so. Wasn't that the case, Dan? What's I, the one I, I believe so. Version with Barbara Stanwyck. That's indemnity, double indemnity. Yeah. Okay, that's the one. I remember liking that one. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I just don't remember them all by name. Sleep with uh, Bogey and Bacall. I Philip Marlowe. The name, but I can't. I can't really remember the all of it. No. All right. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> well, I'll let you get back to it. Thanks for checking in with the week with you. Okay. All right. Bye. Thanks. Bye. All right, Dan. That was pretty good. It cut out at the very uh, on the very end of that. I got a your internet connection is unstable, but that's what happens yes. when you you know you try for greatness. You know you you get a little risky. I think I think it could work because I I did hear okay. most of it, so I, and I think it I did work well overall. I'm glad I got the closure of that, though. I wanted to know 
why we watch nothing but trouble. <laughs> yes, it was it was a good uh, it was a good surprise. I also like how she didn't know any of the other movies that we were talking about, but she was like, "Oh, you mean with John Candy, Nothing But Trouble?" Instant, <laughs> you know, you know, 1991, directed and written by Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> <laughs> Budget, great time. Yeah, no, that, that's great. Um, I really enjoyed that. Good, I'm glad. Uh, it was it so scary, Dan. No, it wasn't. I would that. never bring anything, you know, scarier than my mom to the show. So. <laughs> no, your mom was a welcome guest on the show. Good. And welcome to the show, everybody. Yes. I'm, if we haven't done it already. How how have you, how you doing, Dan? I'm doing all right. I uh, I I recently started watching the, the Comedy Central comedy show, Nathan For You. Oh, I like I'd, this. I'd never seen it before. Is this a Hulu watch for you? This is a Hulu watch. And I'm, I'm almost, I think I'm almost done season two. And uh, I have to say, I love it. I've, I've been pretty obsessed with it. Um, it's I'm definitely, so glad to hear that. Definitely my kind of comedy. Like, I definitely, I'm a huge, like, deadpan I, I think I, I get you as far as what to suggest you for that type of thing at this point. Yes. And uh, I think there's really some awesome and amazing ideas and a lot of really awkward things in it and I, I like that as well i mean coming from like even like a curb your enthusiasm background too like i mean just a lot of that comedy is wrapped in like the, you know awkwardness of like human interactions and stuff like that and there's a lot of that uh, oh yeah in, in that show so yeah i, I loved it I, I was i was hanging out with devin last weekend from uh, by surprise and only in town and uh you know obviously and still one of my best friends and he uh i should hope so if he's still in the bands with you he is yeah no I wanted to say above above else, not not okay. just a, a member of that band, uh, so much more. But and he he was talking about a, a bit on the show, and I was like, you know, people keep telling me about the show, and I, I just I got to actually to... recommend Devin a show. Oh yeah, recently, yeah, and it's Nathan for you related, so I could almost it's almost a double recommendation because oh. I'll do, give it to you. Great, it's uh, how to with John Wilson. He uh, Nathan executive produces it actually, and it's incredible, like nothing you've ever seen. I think you may have mentioned that to me before. That sounds I think familiar. it's come up on, on yeah. here. Uh, it's good. I would also say Review, if that's still on Hulu. That was a Comedy Central show with Andy Daly. Yes, and, uh, I remember that. Yes, I do remember that show. That's, that was a, a, a brilliant one. Comedy Central loves to give you the good stuff, but uh, then they take it away. Cool. Although Nathan for you had, had its full run. And thankfully, that was like successful enough to succeed. Yeah. I mean, I remember it being on, but I, 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 just, I guess at the time, I just wasn't really watching a lot of television like I, I like I remember it being out but I just never really like sat and, and watched yeah. it but but yeah I, I, I'm really I think enjoying it's, it. it's it's good as a complete experience having it all available to you now like I think it was, it'll be a, a good a good time not that it's like telling us I mean it is in a way telling the same story uh, like of <laughs> I don't yeah. know friendship longing I don't know but yeah. uh yeah I don't know it, it's just it's an interesting evolution I guess I'm looking to say here well, it was it was kismet because he was talking about it, and then I came home and I was looking for something else, and I was on Hulu looking for something, and then it came up as being on Hulu. I was like, oh, okay. I just it just made perfect sense. I was like, you know, I'm just gonna start it. Um, I'll give you kismet, but most likely, I feel like anytime you're going on Hulu, they're like, would you like to watch Nathan for you? We have it. Like it's one of their like, <laughs> check us out. Please use our app. We have we have stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, I, I think I was also creating something similar. You know, in a way. It's a little bit different, but like I, I watched the you know the second season of uh, I think you should leave. About, about to ask you that, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I, now oh. quite old, but yes. Uh, at, no, I at watched this it time immediately. It was fresh. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, I thought it was great. I thought it was really yeah. good. Good. Um, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed. It. I mean, I loved the first season. I think the first season was amazing, and the second season I think delivered. I definitely want to watch it again. Um, mm-hmm. But 
I was laughing from the get-go of the, the even just the first sequence with him trying to eat the hot dog in his sleeve. I, I, I was losing it. So it's all you need. Yeah. So it was good. Good start. A lot of good bits. Sloppy steaks is good. I, I, I really enjoyed that. Or he I was just laughing at all steaks. those fucking bodies falling out of coffins. Like that oh, that's some it. of the oh, hardest I laughed. Yeah, and just as long as it went on was, was delightful. But Corn Cobb TV. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Recommend it. Check out Detroiters too, everybody. That was. Yes. I need to do that. That's, that's like next show. on my list. Yeah. Like as a show show, a little less sketch comedy, but mm-hmm. beautiful story of friendship. Don't get I enough of that. those anymore. Yeah. Just the story we're telling on a weekly basis, right, Dan? That's why we're here. Absolutely. That's, that's the only friendship. reason we're here. Eat your heart out, Brady Bunch. <laughs> Episode 31, A Story of Friendship. The story, yes. The, the, ep, the, uh, the intro is complete. Now we're beginning the story. Yes. Chapter one, everybody. I mean, you're going to need to start chapter one for such a big month, Dan. Welcome to August. Yes. I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's... I guess I don't. Boy, that July, huh? Woo! Yeah, that was that was that was something. I could say it was a hot one. I, I know I'm still on the weather band, Dan, but uh, 100 degrees it bears mentioning. Holy shit! I think one could say it was even like seven inches from a midday sun. I think one just did. Okay, I feel like somebody <laughs> needed to say it. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. <laughs> But no, I am I am very much looking forward to this. Uh, I, I think we talked about this this month, you know, a little bit in advance, maybe more so than some of the other ones we've done in the past. But I think the theme I of this month. We have some holiday themes coming up, yeah, which of course right. naturally took precedence because of course some of our favorite stuff is is the holiday we've you know been holding off on. Sure. Which is good anyway. You know, I'm glad we got to become more of a well polished machine by the time we get there. Right. Even though you know we came out killing it from from the start. Right from the get-go. This was like a perfect podcast from birth. <laughs> I mean, it well, really hasn't like changed in any way. No, not really. I, I mean, don't think. I mean, we've been writing the scripts the whole time, so. Yeah, you know, we're better writers, that's yes. for sure. But right. we actually wrote all of these episodes down in a marathon session. So really, yes. it's next year we will see how we did. Because right. this is just like, I wrote this like six months ago. I had these words that are coming out. Even these words coming out of my mouth right now about writing this six months ago because I anticipated this. Are we going to do like a clips episode at the end where we take the best the best bits and, and, and put them all together like they do on television shows? What's that, Dan? We're hiring an intern because that's the only way that could happen. <laughs> hey. <laughs> move, if, I only have time to move forward. It's so hard to yes. look back. Well, if our, if our uh, statistics keep climbing, maybe we'll, yeah, maybe we'll get it popular enough to get an intern. It's true. Though, uh, as the Jade Send your Tree, resume. As the Jade Tree <laughs> Band statistics named yes. their second album statistics often lie Ooh, nice nice reference there shout out to denver dally <laughs> shout out to jay tree yeah sure oh epitaph now right yeah <laughs> so like the epitaph of this conversation huh yes well i'm just i'm thinking of all the people that are, are tuning in to hear about film noir and have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> i think you'd be surprised honestly <laughs> yeah no yeah it's true I, I feel like there's probably a cross-section between like people that are into like punk rock and the problem know, is that we didn't move on that's that's where yes. it fell apart yeah now that we're in our but i took our, that opportunity to cough on, off mic so i appreciate that i appreciate this thank yeah. you yeah uh, it also makes me think of we were talking about eight, like our age and 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 stuff before the the podcast, and I was thinking about the age of the main character in this movie, um, which I don't know if you caught. 
how he he says his age early on in the movie. Oh no, I didn't. I don't so, remember. So he says that he's thirty eight years old, and the the idea that Humphrey Bogart is uh, only four years older than me in this movie. The I, I idea that Humphrey Bogart was ever thirty eight. Yes, years old. that too. But just like thinking of that, like. I mean, obviously he was older. Dan, that's that's 30. two years away from me. This is like, yes. and I, really, I'm I'm 37 at the end of this year, so yes, the big sleep's happening for me any day now. And Literally, of course, I mean, I'm about I'm about to die. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or you could have been Philip Marlowe in this movie. I that would have been cool. Yeah, you'd be that, wearing that 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 sweet wallet chain and it's and big true. pants. You know, Dan. There's so much to talk about. A big episode, a big start for our big month. Here we are. The yes. big August. Is that, do we like this name? Are we catchy? Is it catchy enough? We have time to change it. I uh, like it. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's, fine. I it's mean, in all, caps, right? That's what matters. And it describes what we're doing. We're doing all movies that have the, the word big. big <laughs> that was from your soundboard of sound effects that you had. Yeah, I was struggling to find my, my soundboard, but it, yeah. was, it was under the pizza box. Yeah. That, well, that happens. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Lots to talk about with this one. Uh, I do. I sure have a lot. Did you watch? We forgot to coordinate. Which version did you watch? I was going to ask you about this, and then I also kind of wanted to let it let it ride and see what happens. I know. I kind of was like, let's roll the dice. I I went with the original version. Same with me. Okay, good. I kind of I just assumed that that's what we would do. So in my head, that seemed like it made sense. But I also kind of I don't even know if I've ever seen the other version, honestly. I've seen some clips of it. I've seen some of the, the different some of the differences in it. Yeah, but, I was uh, looking for something like that. I couldn't find it. There is a good. Do you have the Blu-ray of the of this one? I, this one I I didn't didn't go for it. But I've seen it a lot of times. I knew what I was already in for, and I was like, I don't know if I need. So, an actual cool feature about the blu the the recent Blu-ray of this is that it has both an intro and an outro from. Uh, somebody from the UCLA Film Foundation who did the restoration, going over the differences, and it has the the, uh, the pre-screening version as a bonus feature as well. So it has, okay. has all of that in there, and they talk about the differences in a feature specifically, and they go over it. So I watched some of that afterwards last night, but it was getting late, and I, I started getting a little bit tired. Yeah, I was able to read that in a paragraph on Wikipedia. I just wanted to see it, that's all. Yeah, and I and I saw some of the scenes, and it was, you know, it was, it was interesting. I, I don't know how much it would have helped the movie, I mean, I will say that as much as I have to say, I say off the bat, I do, I do really like this movie a lot. It is. You alluded to a complicated relationship with it last time. There's so much plot in this movie. Oh yes, it, it's it's like packed to it the gills. It keeps moving. You and know, it keeps moving. No and... one is alone. Like there's no just one character on screen. It's just right. every time you see someone, someone's coming in right after them. There's so many names and 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 everything kind of like weaves in and out of like everyone's somehow connected in this in some way but i enjoy it like as confusing as it is and as many times as i've seen it i think i understand what's going on in the movie but even sometimes when i read it i'm like about it too i'm like yeah that's what happens but i just i guess i just wasn't thinking about that because you sometimes you get tripped up in some other formalities and some other things going on in the plot that you kind of lose sight of certain things um but yeah. that said I, I still enjoy it like i, I like I've- the movie I would say this was one of my favorite viewings of this movie, actually. Okay. Like ha- being forced to really be, you know, in our in podcast tune. critical yeah. lens, like it, it was very, it was a better ride than I've had in quite some time. Great dialogue. I mean, the dialogue's amazing. Great dialogue. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this too, because, uh, you know, hey, I don't know if this is your first episode, everybody, but I'm not the biggest Bogey fan. I'm okay. not 
against him, but I just, I mean, I, I'll admit, I haven't seen a ton of his stuff, but I mean, mm. I've seen these big ones. And I think a lot of that I'm realizing is being painted by the, the Maltese Falcon. Mm. Because I prefer Marlowe over Sam Spade. Okay. Every time. I, I think this mm. is a better portrayal of this character, this private detective. I mean, and by this point, I feel like he's, he's definitely like grown into this kind of role. Like he's very comfortable with it. I, I think a lot of it helps that we have Bacall here. You know, he's, and especially this is right when his marriage was ending and they'd right. already begun an affair and, and it was really heating up. So yes. you could see it on the screen. That yeah. helps too. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so much so that we've been talking about these two different cuts. One of them, the, the one that came out, the one we watched, they, they added more scenes of that because it had been so successful. So. And they were concerned about, they wanted audiences, they wanted to really cash in on that, of the, you know, try to have that whole Bogey Bacall dynamic like they did not uh, To Have and To Have Not, uh, which yes. is one of the first ones I ever saw with them too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the first movie they did together, but, and I, I love that movie. Like, that's a very enjoyable movie, I think. Also um, directed by Howard Hawks, Howard Hawks who directed yep. this mm-hmm. one. You mm-hmm. know, I came up with a nickname for him uh, watching this one. What's that? Horny Howard Hawks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, there was, there was one note I had that um, I'll, I'll get to later about that, but uh, yeah. It won't take oh, long yeah. if that's what it is. I, I mean, this thing is packed to the brim with some, some babes, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. And they're, and they're, they're, they're all over Marlowe, too. <laughs> the entire yes. movie. I mean, he's, he has to fend off advances throughout this entire movie. He is exhausted by the end of it, and it's just yes. because of all the uh, deflecting of attention and and he i mean he takes a pummeling in this movie physically too i mean everything from getting beat up to getting bit on the hand to you know knocked he's out getting, tied up he's getting, he's getting pummeled by punches and pussy right then uh, i don't know if i would go, <laughs> i would use that phraseology but <laughs> that's what you told me before the podcast you that exact I phrasing never have said that <laughs> let's keep, Improvi- let's keep improvising is yes and damn yes. not no i would never yes Yes, okay. And also, uh, here we go. The Big Sleep. This thing was released, uh, finally, we should say, August 23rd, 1946, but it was filmed in 1945. The war had just ended. The World War. The the second one, right? We had two of those? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Great intro. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it would have been right after the second one, yeah. Thank you. Uh, and that's what, and I'll just say, I don't want to, I don't want to cut you off, but th- that the reason why it also got shelved for a little bit is because of the war. You're, so. you're only cutting off what I was about to say. So please, it was done. And they had so many like war centric movies in the can that they're like, we really got to get these out before people are over it. Whereas like, this is going to be timeless, you know, yeah. there's going to be a podcast someday where people talk about these things. Yeah, I mean, detective stories, I feel like, yeah, you could throw them in at any time. And I think people are going to be attracted to them and want to go see them. So I, Truly. I feel like that makes sense. But as a result of that, there's a lot of, like, things where you'd be like, that's a little weird, but it's because it was happening during the war. I mean, there's women taxi drivers mm-hmm. and, you know, little little signs on the car to tell you what kind of, how much gas you can get. Yes, the rationing ones, yeah. Based on the novel... What, what was that novel called? Was it The Big Sleep Den? Of course it was called yes, The it was. Big Sleep. The, the titular Big Sleep from 1939. Almost 10 years later, this movie finally comes out. The novel, of course, by Raymond Chandler. Screenplay by William Faulkner. Ever heard of him? I think I have. What about Lee Brackett? I, I have as well. She's in there as well. What about yes. Jules Firthman? No. I'm, yeah, I'm, who's that, right? I don't know who that, I don't know who that is. <laughs> 
Well, it's produced and distributed by a couple of brothers, Dan, the Warner Brothers. Are you going to do an Animaniacs reference there? I'll, I'll leave that up to you. All right. Well, I mean, they are pretty famous brothers, I will say that. That's true. The, 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 the Warner sister, not so much, though. Yeah. Well, there's Jack Warner, and who's the other Warner? What was it Wacko and Dot, right? Yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> that's the right one. I like how one of those voices was just like, let me do Ringo Starr. <laughs> His birthday was not that long ago. I mean, I know we're dating it now, but... Well, peace and love to Ringo. Yes. Don't send him fan mail. You ever <laughs> watch that video? No. Uh, look that up. Or he's just going, peace and love. No more fan mail after this date. I can't sign it anymore. Wow. Like, peace, he kept saying, peace and love. He wants you to know, like, don't take it personally. I'm just Ringo Starr. His hand got tired from signing stuff, I guess. Yeah, not from picking up a drumstick, huh? No, not from that. When's the last time Ringo drummed? I don't know, but I was watching a, I, I, I was watching a Beach Boys uh, live video, and uh, he was sitting in playing drums for them, like, in the 80s, and I didn't know that that happened until I watched this video. So It was like, fun, fun was he the back. placeholder but before Stamos could come in? It was like mid eighties. I think it was like 85. So it was a couple years after Dennis had died. And I guess that he was like, just like a guest. I think he just was there. I think it was some type of concert. Okay. And, so, and so John Stamos may have been on bongos at that point. He might've, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I just, I, I watched the clip of it. I was like, I never knew that there was that Beatles beach boys crossover like that. So yeah. Was Brian gone too by that point? I think he was still there. Yeah. yeah. He was still there. Yeah. I mean, he would always kind of come in and out, so. Yeah, but I mean, like, before he's, like, out, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, before he becomes John Cusack. Yes. Do you remember that movie? I liked that movie. I saw that in theaters. I also saw that in theaters. I liked it. I will never see it again. Oh, man, I own it. it. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. I'm a a huge Beach Boys fan. I'm not saying that you are, but I'm saying I'm just a huge Beach Boys fan, so, like, I, I I will gravitate towards that. That I preferred Paul Dano, the Paul Dano end of things, you know, on that movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think he did a much better job. Yeah, I agree. What's your favorite Paul Dano movie? I don't know if I'd seen enough of his movies to really have an opinion about that. I, I, I like him. I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't know if I've seen enough of his work to really... I, I heard that Wildlife's really good. I think he, he directed that. I haven't seen that, though. I've been, I've been meaning to. Check it out. Is it good? I don't know. I'll check it out. Oh, they said check it out. Like you're oh, telling yeah. me to check no. it out. Okay. No, I, I would say check it out to both of us. Let's check okay. it out. It's on Criterion. He was on that Showtime miniseries that Ben Stiller directed. It was the Escape from Danaram. Danaram. I don't remember how to pronounce that prison, but it was like him, Benicio Del Toro and Patricia Arquette. Hmm. That's an uh, interesting cast. It's very good. Uh, serious thing. I know I'm saying Ben Stiller and people are going to try to go crazy, but this is uh, like Walter Mitty era Ben Stiller, you know, where he's trying some new stuff hmm. it's good it was, it, was a re- it was a really good you know based on a true story i think once you knew, know what the story is you'll be like oh yeah i remember that yeah good time cool he, he plays a really trashy dude and it's it's uh it's fun it's a fun performance i'll check that out but the big sleep dan you ready to get it in the start of this movie because this thing's gonna get cooking that's just it you know like yeah. there's been a lot of prep but from here on out it's yeah. a non-stop right both me I'm and dan just adjusting yeah. our seats to be like let's <laughs> yes. do this no i'm ready i i've got a lot i've got a lot to say so you know what though what's that i might slow things down again that's okay i i just want to take a moment to talk about philip marlowe like the philip marlowe character uh okay. there's a character that's come come around many a time in, in movies like he was there was a lot of books with him. We've got Big Sleep, which was made into a movie, of course. <laughs> Maybe we've seen it. 
Farewell, my lovely, high window, lady in the lake, little sister, long goodbye, and playback. Then you also have a lot of movie appearances. The first one was uh, The Falcon Takes Over, mm-hmm. which was an adaptation of Farewell, My Lovely. And uh, actually, wasn't it Philip Marlowe? Like, they changed the name to, the detective's name was The Falcon. Probably The Falcon back then. Yes. Played by George Sanders, who was sort of technically first, but if you're really getting with into it, well, actually, it looks like the next one, Time to Kill. Both these movies were from 1942. They changed the name again. They didn't really like this name of Philip Marlowe. And that had Lloyd Nolan as Shane. Michael Shane was okay. the name they changed it to. Time to Kill was an adaptation of The High Window. Hmm. And then we get Murder My Sweet from 1944. Love that one. That with one's Dick great. Powell. We're absolutely going to get to that one. I yes. would say he's my favorite Marlowe. Oh, he's great. He, that, that, that's a really good movie. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I like Philip Marlowe in the sense that it's kind of like almost like the original like James Bond or Batman where you're having like multiple people play this character and there's like different versions. They're all great. I mean, we eventually get Mitchum playing them. They remake The Big Sleep. Yes. It's not not as good. I'm sorry to say, but it is a fun time. A lot lot of people have come up to the role. And like I said, I like Bogart in it. I think he definitely, with this one, he he definitely put his his stamp on the, the character. Yes. So he's stamping his way into the mansion of General Sternwood. We're going to meet this Sternwood family, huh? Yes. We're going to meet one of them right off the bat. Yes, we are. <laughs> Armin Sternwood, Martha Vickers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. Wow. This, I, I would, <laughs> this is, uh, I would, would you say it's like the most famous scene of the movie? Yeah, it's definitely up there for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, yeah. It, boy, the stuff they were able to get away with in this one, huh? It is. This oh, is yeah. a horny Howard Hawks everybody this is what I say he, yeah wow she she just really coming in coming in strong like Dan said earlier I mean everyone's just throwing themselves at him and mm-hmm. she's just doing it right off the bat very seductively and uh, I think she calls him cute like 30 times in this movie <laughs> oh yeah well you know you know yeah. some people get a baby some people get a cutie you know yeah Fair gotta enough. take it yeah absolutely good morning You're not very tall, are you? Well, I, uh, I tried to be. Not bad looking. Oh, you probably know it. Thank you. What's your name? Riley, Dorgas Riley. <laughs> That's a funny kind of name. Think so? Uh, what are you, a prize fighter? No, I'm a shamus. What's a shamus? It's a private detective. You're making fun of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're cute. They have a nice back and forth. Then the uh, butler comes in. Do we know the butler's name? Oh, Norris. Norris. Played yeah. by Charles D. Brown. Mm-hmm. Good, good butler job. Yeah. Pretty interesting a... character actor like thing yeah. to fall into where you're just the butler and everything. Yeah. Hey, if that's what you're good at. That's what you're good at, you know? But nowadays you're like casting heavy hitters to play these butlers. Yeah. The game's, the game's I, changed. Like, I guess the, the tradition of like, yeah, like Alfred the butler, like he's always been cast with these character actors. Yeah. I mean, we saw one of them in, uh, what was it, Odds Against Tomorrow? That was uh, Alan Napier? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. There you go. That's what we want to talk about, butlers. Yes. <laughs> I was like, we're, getting, <laughs> we're getting held up so early. It's, there's going to be a lot here. Um, so then 
we we uh so there's some gambling debts this is why he's been called there carmen she's she's causing trouble i mean as you can see she's she's a troublemaker she's yeah. that she's in the game of trouble she there's some gambling debts and then um they're looking for like an old friend of theirs so it's a friend of yeah it's a friend of sternwoods who's basically like almost like a son to him it was like, yeah, kind of like, like a protege so the general like he got older he's like in a wheelchair now i don't i don't really quite recall what happened to him um but basically he used to love drinking i don't know if that's what put him in the chair but he's he liked you know like even when bogey's there he's like you know come drink with me like but i can't drink but i'll be drinking like through you like it makes me happy to watch you drink and this friend who was like a son to him he would do that with him as well and marlo actually knew knew the guy as well Uh, absolutely what is his name dan can we find this out it was john regan thank you very much and he never shows up in the movie. Is that right? He does not. Yeah, I, I was interesting. I was expecting yes. him to come, but he's mentioned a lot. Yes, I mean he's definitely like, you know, an off-screen character. He's like uh, the Maris of Fraser, you know, <laughs> or whatever Norm's wife was named. What was it, her name? I don't remember. I <sighs> are you not ready to make Cheers references with me, Dan? No, I, I feel like I, I'm not knowledgeable enough about it to to. Okay. to weigh in. I feel like you right. probably have a lot more knowledge than I would. It's possible. Yes. I, I do enjoy both of those very much. <laughs> he wants to hire him on, um, I, like, how does Marlowe even end up over here? Like, does he know anybody or is he just kind of called? So he's a, private, he's a private detective and he was referred to Sternwood by that police, uh, Bernie, who comes up, the policeman that he, that, that he works with. Uh, he works with the DA's office. Bernie Olds. Th- yeah, it was through him and the DA's office that he got his name. Sternwood got hit, uh, Marlowe's name and, and referred him to Sternwood. That's how that, that came to be. Okay. There's some debts owed to a bookseller. His name is Arthur Geiger. Geiger. Geiger, excuse me. We'll meet him later on. He's a, he's a spooky character. Briefly. Yeah, we briefly see him. It sounds like he's going to do the job. You know, he likes General Sternwood, you know. Yeah. There's, there's a good he's a very likable guy and marlo's heading out and then all of a sudden we get sternwood's older daughter vivian, vivian. sternwood played by lauren bacall here yes. she is ready to play and they like head to her room right yes she wants to have a <laughs> word with him everybody gets to take you know take him out for a moment and then have a chat and she's like okay yeah so i've already convoluted this convoluted plot so the <laughs> There's, he's just like, hey, there's some gambling debts. But now uh, Sean Regan had come up. But like, really, she's like, we're not, we don't know where Sean Regan is. Like, this is why you're getting hired on is to find him. The gambling right, it's kind debts. of twofold a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Really, just to make it look like he's not just looking for him, I guess. Yeah. So naturally, this book, he's a bookseller. So we got to go to this bookstore. Heads in there. And then we meet uh, Agnes Loser. Luzier? Luzier. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Wasn't remembering her name when I saw her, but we got another another one of these uh, beautiful women, of course. Mm-hmm. Sonia Darren. She's a little snippy, I guess. Uh, definitely. Very goes, short with him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but Bogey comes into her. He's like, puts on his shades and flips up his hat and, right. and, and starts doing this voice. <laughs> well, we, we should say, we should also mention, I think before this, he goes to the library. So one of the first things he does is go to the library and he, he, and does, he reads he, about about like old books and rare books yeah a little bit of research so he kind of just knows what to go in and say to to lead him to what he needs to know so he like brings up some books that like didn't exist it's like trying to see if they're a real legit outfit or or seem like a front for something and uh, they do seem legit though and she's basically just like quit wasting my time like you're not gonna get to see geiger at all 
Well, no, she, well, so she, yeah, she says that, but she basically kind of doesn't even like the, the questions he asked doesn't even register with her. She doesn't know what he really, what he's talking about. So that gives him a little bit of like an idea of like, all right, so maybe something else is going on here because she didn't know anything I was talking about. That's right. So he goes next door. Across the street, yeah. Across the street, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, to another bookstore, though less like vintage it seems, like more it's just, kind it's of mainstream. Acme Bookstore, that's what it's called. Where Wiley E. Coyote goes to shop, right? And this has one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie, which is maybe the steamiest scene ever played out in a bookstore. I would, I yes. would In cinema history, maybe. So she knows the answers to the question, the uh, the bookstore. What's her name? I think she's uncredited, right? I don't know. That's no, Dorothy Malone. Yes. It is Dorothy Malone, yes. She doesn't get a name. That's what it is. Yeah, she's listed as the uh, proprietress of so the bookstore. So she knows everything. Uh, she knows these questions that he's asking about which printings of specific books. Ben-Hur and uh, one other book. I forget the other book. Ben-Hur was the memorable one, though, definitely. And he's like, you know, hey, have you ever seen Geiger before? Can you, like, describe him to me? Apparently he's like a glass eye, right? Like, she knew him pretty well. He's even yes. like, you know, he should be a cop. So it starts to rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just keep having this exchange. This was uh, so, uh, this was uh, Dorothy Malone's first role, actually. Mm-hmm. And she was very nervous, and they had to weigh down the, the liquor glasses so to stop her hands from shaking. Yeah. Because she was very nervous about being in one of the most memorable scenes of the entire movie. She's yeah, there's some, there's some very strong innuendo. I mean, where it ends where they're just saying, like, we should have sex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, there's no... It's like innuendo, but it's pretty much a straight up, like, oh, hey. Yeah. I mean, the the scene where she closes the door, locks it, and then kind of, like, pulls, pulls the shade down, like, that whole sequence, man. Wow. Going to wait for him to come out? Yeah. It'll close for another hour or so, it's raining pretty hard. I got my car in. Yeah, that's right, it is, isn't it? You know, it just happened. I had a bottle of pretty good rye in my pocket. I'd a lot rather get wet in here. Well. Like we're closed for the rest of the afternoon. Ooh, yeah, that's some steamy. Uh, Orny Howard Hawks, that's yeah. for sure. Some steam right there. <laughs> so after that, he he does follow. Is this where he follows Geiger home after that? Correct. So yeah. So finally, he sees he sees uh, him leaving. Uh, so he he exits the store and, and then follows him to his house. Yeah. Go straight to the house. Cool house. Yes, uh, very cool. He's snooping around, and then we hear a very loud gunshot, at least in my copy. <laughs> the gunshot and, scr- and screams, and too. And scream, yeah. So if you haven't seen this one, heads up. You might want to have the remote nearby to yes. turn it down a little bit. And heads inside, and there's a body, is there not? Yes. We see a, a dead Geiger, mm-hmm. R.I.P., and uh, also our old friend Carmen. And she yes. is wasted on drugs, very drugged up. Yes, not being cooperative and then there's also a hidden camera like that's inside of statue yes i mean the decor the, the interior decor is pretty amazing and there's a lot house. of cool like secret gadgets and stuff yes. like that i mean eventually like we'll see like he's pulling out guns from his like under his car yes like in a, in a little switch and it just flips right out that's very cool pre pre james bond yeah exactly that's what i'm saying this is, philip marlowe is the original james bond yeah 
you know, you got to start from the streets before you, you're going, yeah. you know, worldwide. Right. Level um, of intrigue. Exactly. Yeah. The, this, the house was very cool. I, I, I was, I remember pretty much all the, the decorums of like these, these homes where I was very taken with, I was like, I wouldn't mind ending up here. Yeah. Where does this take place? They don't mention I, it's it's somewhere in California, but I, okay. I, don't, I mean they mentioned a couple of towns. They they mentioned Realito, which I don't know if that's a real place or not, but I'm assuming it's just all in California. Yeah. And he mentions uh, coming he, it, when, uh, later on. He mentions he's coming from Nevada, so yeah, I just assume it's it's somewhere in California, Southern California. Gotcha. So he sees this hidden camera, and also is like, em- there's no film in it. It's empty by yes. this point. So something happened here. Seems like someone wanted to see something. But he takes Carmen home and then heads back to, you know, evaluate the scene a little more. And it turns out the body is gone. There's just this big blood stain. Mm-hmm. Then also we learned that during the night, Sternwood's driver, Owen Taylor, had been uh, is found dead in the, his limo that was floating off the pier. That's the one that they have to, like, bring up. Raise right? it out of the water. Raise yeah, it yeah. out of the he water. Get, he yeah. gets that 2 a.m. house call from, from Bernie. The de- that de- detective uh, police officer tell him like, hey, like this happened. Maybe we should come down and check it out. Yes. And speaking of the convoluted plot, this is one scene in particular where nobody, the cast or the director, they didn't know if he killed himself or he was murdered. I mean, this thing just moves along without him. Yes. And uh, a-, a cable was even sent to Raymond Chandler, who told his friend Jamie Hamilton in a March 21st, 1949 letter, quote, they sent me a wire asking me and damn it, I didn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know, with the plot of this one, it's definitely just, you're going along for the ride. I, I will say at least as convoluted as it is, it makes it very easy for you just to enjoy the ride. Yes. And and let it all happen. I mean, that, because of course the dialogue is so razor sharp. Right. But I think I've seen it so many times now that I've gotten to the point where like, now I'm really dissecting it to try to understand it. You know what I mean? Like you, you I think there is a breaking point where you're just like, okay, I really want to like, I was taking notes last night. I don't normally do that. Yeah. I was just like, I'm just like, okay, so this, this links to this, this to this. Cause there's so much, like I said before, it's like, there's a lot of even loose ties to all these people. Like there's so many names to remember and somehow they're all sort of connected to each other all through the Cernwoods. So, and a lot, a lot of blackmailing going on. I mean, that's the overarching thing throughout this, this movie. Do you think it feels so jam-packed because they probably just took the story of the novel and they're like, well, we also have a running time, so let's try to make everything happen. Like, do you think it probably yeah. reads a lot better as a novel? That's a good question. I would say probably without reading it, uh, just because, yeah, I think it's like, it, that happens a lot when you're adapting, you know, a, a, a film out of a, a book that might be, have a lot of moving parts. It's like, it's hard to convey that, you know, and yeah. that, that could that could very well be the case. It's an admirable job, though, I will say. Yeah, like you said, I mean, I think it's more about the ride. I think that that's, that's what's important. And obviously the Boogie Bacall dynamic. I mean, that was really what they were pushing. Yeah, I mean, I think you're in a, a prime time of that dynamic too. Oh yeah, for sure. You're, you're, you're catching them at a great time and it really helps the performances of this particular movie. Much to the chagrin of Howard Hawks though, but we'll get into that. <laughs> yes. Bit of, bit of a jealous man. Horny and jealous, that's Howard <laughs> Hawks, right? Uh, so Vivian comes back in to Marlo's office the next morning and he's got pictures or she's got pictures of Carmen that she received in exchange for a blackmail or they were doing a blackmail and they were going to say, Hey, give us some money for these negatives. They right. don't really, they just sort of talk about the pictures, but this is something that in the novel, it was more like straight up. Like there's a lot of pornography going on that guy yeah. was involved in and, and Carmen was, it was also quite involved. Uh, yes. Instead, they say things like Chinese dress and Chinese chair. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, she's got these pictures. Things are heating up. Marlowe, he goes back to the bookstore. Uh, is this where you meet Joe Brody, right? So I'm trying to th- – eventually, that's where we get to because he eventually finds out to, that's where he goes because he is follows it like he it comes the back taxi. to the bookstore and he's like, hey, remember me? And then he, like, you know, does the thing again. And right. she's like, oh, and then, like, uh, uh, so, Agnes, yeah, so she's like, oh, yeah, I hated you. <laughs> yeah, so what happened is the door – the back room door of the book of Geiger's is open and he sees uh, Geiger's driver – and another guy kind of moving stuff out of, of the back room, which seems right. sketchy to him. So he leaves, Marlo leaves, goes in the taxi and tails them when they leave, when the two guys leave and tail them to an apartment building that Joe Brady, he finds out Joe Brady lives in. So he starts kind of get, connecting stuff. Yeah. And you get the female taxi driver here Correct. too. And uh, you know, he's like, ah, I'm going to like, let's follow, follow that car kind of mood or whatever. It was yes. a good time. I like, it was a nice short quick scene oh well the, the great the great parting line where it's it's like hey uh, sugar buy yourself a cigar if you can use me again sometime call this number day and night uh night's better i work during the day everybody's ready to go everybody loves marlo so yes now we're at the apartment of joe brody and he was someone who previously blackmailed general sternwood as well right uh, he, he's a gambler with and, Carmen, it was it was with Carmen. So like yes. there, that's that's there is a relationship between the two as far as them knowing each other and and that there's that past with them. And that leads him to Carmen once again, who is at Geiger's house, and she's trying to say it was Brody that had killed him. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, we get a little knock at the door, and we find gangster landlord <laughs> Eddie Mars. <laughs> Eddie Mars, I like Eddie Mars. He was he's good. Good, terrifying guy. I like the banter between him and Marlo throughout. I think they, they kind of throw some real spike jabs at each other, you know? And I, I think that's that's what I really liked about his performance. John Ridgely. He, he's, like, quietly intimidating. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, 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 there's, like, there's something, like, behind him that you're, like, really, like, that is a little bit scary. I think that the, the men in this are all particularly terrifying. Like, there's a good... yeah. Like, you're actually kind of scared and feel stakes watching this movie compared to other ones where you just feel like Bogey's just coasting through it. Everything's going to be fine, you know? Yeah. He takes some licks. Yes. Oh, yeah. Some good licks, too. Yes. No, he gets to be pretty good throughout this film. So now Marlo, he heads to Brody's apartment, and he sees Agnes and Vivian there. Yes. And then then we also get Carmen, who comes in. Trying to get the the pictures, yeah. Is this where he's like collecting all the guns? When does that happen? Yes. Like the, yeah, that is, he, yeah, yeah. They just say like, oh, well, I'm collecting guns. That was just a good time. I don't know. It's just like, it, it seems like sometimes when you're like, oh boy, this is a lot. Like they acknowledge it, you know, in the lines. And I appreciate yes, that. Definitely. We, we're all, we're all bogey in this situation. Vivian and Carmen, he says to go home. Brody also admits that he was the one behind the blackmailing. He took the negatives of the photos of, uh, of Carmen mm-hmm. from Taylor then there's a, a knock at the door. He goes to get it and get ready to turn down that volume again because there's a surprise gunshot. Loud blast. Loud blast. That's a good time. I like that that one as well. There's some good good blasts in this. Yep. Not necessarily a blast of silence, though, huh? Just a blast of sound. I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> I just had to get those wheels a turn in there first. That was the, the, uh, set, the setup, the volley, and then I was waiting for you to spike it. It's... Uh, 20 love i don't know <laughs> <laughs> better while since I've, i remember my volleyball yeah that's i think that's tennis 
I'm always down to play volleyball. It just, Are you? Yeah, I think so. It's, it, I think it's as far as like getting people to like together and play something. Mm-hmm. That's a it's a good one. Yeah. Or even I, it's cousin yeah. badminton. You know. <laughs> you like badminton? Yeah, badminton's all right. Badminton's more challenging than I think. They, like it's it's definitely it's more difficult for sure. Like I would probably prefer to play tennis more than anything because I, I played tennis a lot when I was younger. Not, not so much anymore. No. I mean, like, I had my own racket. I used to play a bunch, and, yeah, I just stopped. What's your go-to sport these days? Well, it used to be billiards. I was a big billiards fan. Um, I haven't played any sports in a while. Uh, I mean, you know, growing up, you play, like, the recreational kind of, like, you're playing football or basketball and stuff like that. I I really, you know, I kind of wish I played more, like, baseball or softball growing up, but I didn't. But I've gotten more into that as I've gotten older. Like, I, I would like to be in, like, some type of, like, softball league. I think that would be fun. What about dodgeball? No, don't like dodgeball. Don't like don't him hitting, dodgeball. The, hitting, the, hitting the face in my oh, I'm glasses. I'm sorry, not dodgeball. Yeah. yeah, no, no, fuck dodgeball. I mean kickball. Kickball? Eh, I'm okay with kickball. Not, that not was my, don't, don't, that was don't my progression it. from baseball, softball. Okay. You know, the, the one with the same rules, but it's just the ball, bigger ball. I mean, I probably haven't played that since I was in like high school, so <laughs> it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a while. I played it a little uh, when I moved to Portland. There was like those things would just come together. I was going to say, that uh, seems like a very Portland thing. It was also very big in Kansas, in Lawrence, Kansas. They had like the Caw Valley. It's like a huge, huge thing. Like people create teams. And actually, fun fact on the Radar State album where I did the tape of, there's a song about it. So about kickball? Yeah, oh, about the whole thing. One of the prior songs. Wow, fun facts here. We're keeping them coming. Marlo goes after this guy who who, who shot the shot, and then we get uh, Carol Lundgren, who is yes. Geiger's former driver. Mm-hmm. This was another thing I think that was taken from, you know, in the books, there was like a bit of a relationship that, between Lundgren and, and Geiger. Is that correct? That is. Those in, two? in the novel it was, but because of the Hayes Code, they weren't really allowed to talk about it in the movie. Yeah, so they don't really mention anything like that in the film. Not at all. I don't even think it's alluded yeah. to really. No. It's, uh, Lundgren's just like kind of in and out. Yeah, I mean, the, the Acme uh, bookstore uh, woman that, that we see earlier, she, met, she, she mentions him briefly and says that uh, it's like his shadow basically it's just like his driver bodyguard type guy like he's just there but he's kind of also like just all caught up in this whole web of of blackmail and and extortion and whatnot so he he, he thinks i guess yeah, and he thinks yeah, yeah he is swindling them so uh yeah, yeah. that's why he did what he did but marlo he, he calls the cops to go arrest him and then we're headed to mars's casino yes uh where he's asking about regan who was supposedly running off with Mars's wife. Mm-hmm. He gets real like squirmy about it. Yeah, exactly. He's just saying, you know, like, Hey, you know, you got to worry about Vivian. She's, she's running up some gambling debts and we start to see more of her behind the scenes at this casino as well. Yes. She's uh, singing, she's singing. songs. Yeah. That's, that seems great too. I, I really enjoy the, the little like nods they give a little like, yeah, that crazy song. song that was like the lyrically horrific. Yes. <laughs> Such a sweet, sweet guy was he And her tears flowed like wine Yes, her tears flowed like wine She's a real sad tomato She's a busted valentine Knows her mama done told her That a man is 
kind, unkind. I'm a telling you, mister. A telling you, mister. She was a sob, sob sister. Sob, sob sister. Lying on a pillow. Weeping like a willow. My, oh, my, how the baby could cry. No, that, that was a great Bacall scene. I, I really like her in this too. I mean, yeah, no, I, I love Bacall. I'm she, she's, I think she's more consistent than than Bogey, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think what she. Do you, do, what do you think? I, I think it's hard to deny the dynamic between the two of them. I, I think her outside of that dynamic, I think she's good too. But um, I, I do think that together they just have that. You know, I mean, obviously in real life, but there is just that like that chemistry, that spark, and I think that just like it takes it up a notch, you know, for me, I, I, you know, when I see them together, it's just like, I, I love it. I, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm just a big fan of the two of them together. I, I love it. I think, yeah, like I said, I think the first time I ever saw them together was their first movie, which is to have and to have not. And you can even see in that movie, that's, that's like just as they like first met and you could just sense like something was going on. And this oh, yeah. was like, this was, I guess the second uh, one that they had done together. So, yeah. So does this one, then, then it was dark passage, which we have already done. And then key Largo. Um, was the last one they did together. Dark Passage also still better than this, by the way, if you were wondering. That's the the, the gold standard, I would say. <laughs> I mean, Dark Passage, I think, is probably the most underrated of the ones they did together. I, I would agree with that. I think it's good. Also true. Yeah, you I think, think it's... It, you think this is better? I don't know. I I mean, the plot is still a little bit confusing on Dark Passage, but it makes more sense than, than this movie. I mean, it's not hard for anything else to make more sense than this movie, but... Like I said, there's just a certain, sometimes there's just a certain intangible about this, certain movies like Big Sleep, where it's just like, you do enjoy it for what it is, even though you can't always make sense of it. Like part of, that's part of what I enjoy about it is that it is, there is a lot of moving part. There are a lot of moving parts in this, in this film, but I enjoy every minute of it. Like I enjoy in this world. The one thing is, there's just always a sense of just like, it feels very claustrophobic though. Like, you know, like. There's never a chance where the characters just get to breathe for a moment. There's always, like I said, like someone's being thrown in immediately. You'll never right. see just one character, and um, and everyone seems to know each other too. I mean, yeah. as, as, oh, yeah. as far as as far out and removed we get away from certain characters, right from the start, yeah. it's just like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah, of yeah. course, we run into each other all the time. Yeah, yeah. Mar- Marlo <laughs> Marlo had a working relationship with Regan years ago, so it's yeah. like you know, yeah. There's all these all these relationships are are, are already there. But yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I, I like this movie. I do. And I like I like Bacall. Where do you rate this over the Falcon? Um, that's a tough one. I think well, I think it's just that. I think it's the fact that, that you have Boogie Bacall in this one and not in, in, in Maltese Falcon. I think that might give it a slight edge, but I think Maltese Falcon for me will always have a special place in my heart because that's one of the first like film noirs I ever watched, period. So like mm-hmm. I, I think it's just like one of those things where you have that that kind of nostalgic feeling inside where you're just like, okay, that's like to me, it's like it feels like home. You know what I mean, like, like when I watch that movie, it's just like it's not maybe not the best film noir, but I I really enjoy it because it has such a sentimental value with me. But Big Sleep, I, I also I love as well. So it's that's a tough that's a tough call. I just feel like the the weaknesses of both, where I would say this one's claustrophobic and Maltese Falcon's almost like too sparse. You know, like yeah. Dark Passage kind of has it, it the best of all of these worlds. Dark Passage definitely has the weirdest things going on. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> and there's some weird things going on in this movie, but I think just as far as uniqueness of the plot, I think Dark Passage ha- has a lot of interesting 
it's just a more fun ride yes. like as a movie goer whereas like these other ones you got to work a little bit right and that can be asking a lot especially of a modern audience well i'd like to get your have you seen key largo I have. I like Key Largo. Yeah, I, I, I think at some point we're definitely going to do that movie, but I would like to reevaluate it because it's been some time since I've watched that one. So I, I would like, I, I would like it, especially through this again, through this lens, like you mentioned earlier. Like I, I would like to see it through a different lens this time around and see how I feel about it because I, I, I do like that movie, but that was always my least favorite of, of at least of, of the Bogey Bacall ones. Um, so I, I'd like to, to kind of revisit that one. I'd say that I, I, I was watching like half of it on TV recently and like, I'd say it's still, still the worst, but I think everything that's great about it is stuff that's not present in any of these other ones. Like that you're only yeah. going to find in Key Largo. That's true. Edward G. Robinson being one of them. Exactly. <laughs> when in doubt, you know? Exactly. You got him yeah. in the movie. You got, you got, so, you got at least got something. I you got something. Yeah, exactly. That, that's what I, that's what I think about him. Uh, oh boy. I... <laughs> I hate talk. I really wish it, this is. It's more of a fun facts movie because this one just like, it's a slog. I don't know. Well, let's try to rush through some of this, Dan. Well, well, that's and that was my point. Even I think harkening back to the last episode, that's why like I had like a love hate, and I was I was concerned about us doing this episode because as much as I love this movie, talking plot, about it, the plot yeah. is not the best part right. about. It. You're just talking about like, oh my god, these moments, you know, like yeah, these scenes, like the, like the action that goes on. So, some of like the 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 elements of it are just really cool and fun to, to, to watch and experience, but trying to explain it and talk about it, how we would on the podcast. That's what I was concerned about. Like I, I, Absolutely. I felt for you more than anything. Cause, cause you, you. you take that role. And I was, I was feeling for you. I was like, this is going to be such a, a difficult episode to try in my hardest, on. but it, it, it's, it's being hard. It, it's almost taking all the joy I felt last night when I was watching this and be like, Oh, big, big sleep, such a fun time. I get this movie. And then it's like, Oh my God. Um, I'll say in real time, you're doing a fantastic job. So thank I, you very I don't want much, you to, Dan. I don't want you to feel down on yourself. I will say having our, our vertigo episode just came out, which I was poo pooing on the entire time. And it, listening back to it wasn't as bad as I thought. No, I think that went pretty well. So I'm hoping that this will be the same case because I'm feeling, semi-similar to that episode hey man, but, you, but mostly just in the uh the slog of it all um but I, I the next scene that we're about to talk about i like a lot where so she wins a big wager she's doing great she's having a great time at this casino and they head out and she's you know a little little liquored up probably you know she's saying you know marlo you take me home and then all of a sudden one of these henchmen of mars comes out and tries to rob her but marlo handles it but he's just like obviously you set that up that's a nice little little trick you did but i'm philip marlowe i'm on top of this the entire time yeah as they're driving back to uh, her place he's trying to figure out there's more of a connection with mars but she's not saying anything even though there's clearly something going on then but she admits that she's falling in love with him and you start to see like a little bit of, like they kind of express their feelings a little bit towards each other at this point was and it, like was this some of the stuff that was like re refilmed I would imagine, I, I don't know the exact scenes. I think Because I know like all the stuff that was added was really, I mean, some stuff was taken away, which we'll get into. It's actually the next scene. Well, but, I do know one scene in particular that was added was the one where they're in the nightclub, which is coming up where they have all the horse racing, uh, like oh, double yeah, entendre. Yeah, yeah. That was added. It's really, yeah, it's really just like they added all yes. the, these scenes between them, like we we're saying, to capitalize on this love affair that America yes. is... And that's another great scene, great favorite scene in this movie, which I'm looking forward to, to us getting to. Oh, yeah. But we get, we're heading back at home at Marlowe's place and very flirtatious. Carmen is waiting there. You know, she's putting her finger in her mouth, her thumb in her mouth as yeah. she does, which they alluded to earlier. They were saying, like, that's what she does when she's just trying to, like, 
get people to do what she wants and yeah play coy and this one was apparently refilmed because in the original version she's like nude in a bed waiting for him is that correct yes well that was i it was it that was how it was portrayed in the novel right at least that that's how it was but i i think this was a yeah i think they this was a, a scene that was added uh actually in the movie yeah they had they I, yeah i believe they had changed that and um yeah they were also saying uh raymond chandler had been saying that martha vickers as carmen sternwood was very successful and they were actually worrying that it was overshadowing lauren bacall so they say a lot of her stuff was taken out yeah that's true yeah i, I, I can see that i get yeah. it she, she's very she does effective. great yeah she's a yeah. performance she bites his hand at the i thought that was great and so throughout that she's just saying you know she didn't really like regan and she's saying that mars calls vivian very frequently so you might want to watch out on that one yeah and so she tries to seduce him again, but he's not having it. He throws her out. The next day, Vivian says, hey, Marlo, you can stop looking for Regan. He's in Mexico, and uh, I'm going to go see him. And at this point, we also then get uh, Marlo getting beaten up. Is this like when he gets beaten up with the uh, like the fistful of change or whatever, the, the role of, I, I don't know if it was quarters, but that. Yeah, the two guys, he's like walking down the street, and he kind of gets accosted into the alley. Yeah. gets beaten up by two of uh, Mars's guys to kind of like back off. Um, they, give, they give him a good tune-up. I, I was I was impressed by that. It was a, probably a the most impressive over. violence in the movie. Because yeah. there's a couple punches that, you know, could use a little more of, but it's the 40s. You, know, you, you get what you can get. But this this was very effective. I mean, he was going like stomach into the back, stomach into the back. I mean, he was he was getting worked over pretty good. Even just seeing like that, that fistful uh, uh, roll of quarters or whatever yeah. was uh, always fun to see. That's how you know, it's, ooh, there's some, some dirty... Dirty business going on here. Yeah. So then we get Harry Jones, Dan. Here yes. we go. Finally, an old friend of the show. Yes. Uh, a film noir favorite. Alicia Cook all Jr. The time. I, he's got to be our most covered actor on the show, right? Uh, at this point, he's definitely appeared a couple times, but he's going to appear a lot more, too. That's, I mean, oh, he's, absolutely. he's in a lot. Because that's just it. Like he, Because he's not like a headliner, he's able to just infiltrate his way into so many yes. of these. Has he, has he ever headlined a movie? Yes. So he, uh, I believe he, so he's the main character of Phantom Lady uh, okay. with, with Ella Raines. Yeah. So he actually plays a pretty prominent role. Huh. Probably the most prominent role I've ever seen him in. Um, yeah. Because, I would love to see that. He deserves it. Yeah. I mean, fantastic movie. I mean, I've been waiting for us to get to that. Yeah. I definitely think you'll, you'll enjoy it, but yeah, he, he plays very prominently in the role, which is, which is great. Excellent. Yeah. I'd say him and probably what, like Robert Ryan are probably neck and neck. We've done a we've done a decent amount of Robert Ryan. Yes, lots of Robert Ryan. Yes, and we got we got more coming up. We do, so it's going to be a real race. Yes, looking forward to it. Pick your favorites now, folks. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, battle. Had those two been in a movie together? Have we already done it? Am I forgetting it? I'll have to get back to you on that one. That one I, I might have to do a I little. I just feel bit like I've seen it. You know, I saw Good Robert Ryan the other day. Bad Day at Black Rock. You seen that one? Oh yeah, I love that one. That yeah. one's great. Oh, I'm man. sure we'll get to that on here. Yes. I think it could be argued, but man, it was cool seeing Robert Ryan as the leader of a gang with Lee Marvin and uh, Ernest Borgnine. Oh, great! Just like the the sets, like this, like the locales. The it's in color. It's just it's yeah. It's western. It's noir. It's it's weird. It's, it's such a, a little bit of karate in there. I mean, like it's all mixed together. Uh, but that, I was I, really impressed by that great dialogue in that one. So that'll. Did be you get the Warner Archive point. one? 
Actually, so, I was watching it on Criterion Channel. But, oh, great! Uh, I'm, I'm glad to know that there is an archive waiting. Yeah, for that's me. I, I I got that on one of the uh, four for forty four sales a Ooh, while back. Excellent! Yeah, yeah, back great. That could have happened. Yes. Pre yes. Amazon. I think it was actually one of the last ones they did, uh, nice. if I remember correctly. So I I got it in just under the wire. That's a good pick. I can't wait to to pick that up because uh, that was a solid flick. Yes. We'll, maybe by the end of the year, we'll get to that one. So yeah, we got Harry Jones. We got our old friend. It was so good to see him. He's looking great on the screen. He's an associate of Agnes's. Yeah, he says, hey, she's got an offer. We're going to find, we know where Mars's wife is. Just give me $200. So Marlo goes to meet with him to be taken to where she's hiding. And then we see Canino, who is a gunman hired by Mars. And he was there also to find Agnes. Canino, he, he poisons our old friend Harry Jones, because he's he, he's like, hey, you know, making him seem like he's going to shoot him, but he's like, calm down, have a drink. And the whole time, Philip Marlowe's like in the room, like hiding behind something. I mean, like in the next room over, but the door is open. Yeah, Canino's, Canino especially is a, a good scary guy. Lash Canino, the best name of all time, maybe. Yes. No, Although, he's, wait, he's pretty brutal in this movie. There is one more good name coming up, actually. I don't know. Yeah, we have, we have, we're coming up. But yeah, that was played by Bob Steele, which is also another great name. If you see Bob Steele as Lash Canino, you know you're going to in for a good time. I would yes. just buy a t-shirt that just said that. And Bob Steele as Lash Canino. <laughs> Maybe that's going to be on the back of our shirt. <laughs> yeah. Or the front of our shirt. Maybe we do a second shirt where it just says it on the front. I, you know, says. hey, why commit to just one? I th- yeah, definitely a shirt that only says <laughs> that on it. Yeah. <laughs> The most esoteric one-line uh, <laughs> credit on a T-shirt. I love it. All right, we should, we should do a poll. We should, you know, we should do. We should think of like like four or five T-shirt designs and take like the best two at least to start. Take a poll of of uh, the listeners and see what what they would like to see on a T-shirt. Oh man, yeah. Because there's another one I would also like to see. Of oh my god, what was the guy's name? It's not on the, my cast list, but uh, at the auto place that's coming up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dan, uh, you look that up while I get us through the rest of this. But uh, Yes, yeah. no, I know exactly so, what you're talking about. Yeah. Canino, Poison, Jones. So see you later, Alicia Cook. We, we loved having you. And then he also, as Jones is dying, like he, he's, he gives up a, a fake address for Agnes because he doesn't want her to get hurt. And, and so like even afterwards, after Canino leaves Marlowe, like he calls the – he calls something and he was just like, Hey, I'm just trying to like check in on this person. And they're like, no one is there by that address. Don't worry. So yes, it feels okay. Agnes telephones the office while Marlo is still there. You know, he like picks up the phone. He's like, hey, let's meet up. So this is where we head to the, the auto shop in a town called Rialto. What's the auto shop? The owner's name. Art Huck. Art Huck. Yes. Art Huck was cracking me up so much. Just like, who played Art Huck? He was played by Trevor Bardet is his name. All right. Maybe even like a button series, you know, of just yeah. like people. Trevor, Bar- Trevor Bardet as Art Huck. And Charles D. Brown as Norris the Butler. That could be a good one. I feel like we should do like a best of like all the best names. We pick like the best names from previous episodes we've done of great character names and real life names. I don't know if we'll ever top the Bob Steelers, <laughs> Lash Canino. <laughs> yes, that's pretty darn. I mean, Lash Canino in and of itself is just a great name. Absolutely, as is Bob Steele. Yeah, that's why it's perfect. I, do you think he even just came in and they're like, "Oh, we saw your name, and we, of course yeah. you got the part." And you're terrifying. Oh, cool. 
Well, we just hope that it's actually his his birth name and not like a stage name. I know that that's could happen. Ha- that's what we have to be. Pulls the old Lauren Bacall, you know. Yes, I mean a lot of a lot of people did that, especially back then. So, I mean, I did it. This, you know, it's not my real name. Yeah. So there you go. Your name's Art Huck. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I finally Speaking got. I finally got him. Yes, episode, <laughs> episode thirty-one. I finally got him. Episode thirty-one. Dad has some fun, huh? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, our, it's how, been my goal to get you laughing to the point of completely <laughs> de- derailment. Ah, uh, boy, you you really pulled the Bob Steele's last canino on me. Yes. So now we're at this auto place, <laughs> Art Huck's Auto Yard, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, garage yeah, yeah garage yeah so that would be a good shirt if we had like a shirt from the garage art, art hucks garage yeah i mean you could probably get a, a screen cap of the uh of the uh i'll like see what i could piece. do yeah. when i'm putting together this episode for sure yeah so canino he, he attacks me i think actually this might be where he where he actually has the the role of quarters because this is where he wakes up tied up and he's got like the black and blue chin. Yeah, I think you're right. Because yeah, because yeah, because he gets hit in the chin. I don't know. I, I it's tough to see. I think in the movie, like actually him getting hit by that because he yeah. gets he does he does get blindsided as he gets hit. I mean that's what happens. Is you know he fakes that he has a you know a blown out tire and yeah. so he, to to give him an excuse to go and. Well, he fakes it by letting air out of his tire, yes. which he didn't even need to do because they never bought that excuse for one second. And all right. I did was like screw up the getaway. Yeah. But he awakes tied up, really tied up and uh, in handcuffs too. Yeah. Double, a, double, double tied up. Gotta make sure, uh, which, hey, it was a good idea because as you can see, he's going to get away with it. He's going to get out. So Mona's there watching over him and Vivian is also... She comes up out of nowhere. We're surprised to see her, although we're yeah. not so surprised at the same time because she keeps popping up everywhere. Something's been up with her, you know. We've been alluding to it. She, but she frees Marlo and up to the point where he still has to wear handcuffs, unfortunately. But he's able to kill Canino with his gun. And- I mean, a great little escape and uh, and sequence where uh, Bacall kind of sets a decoy uh, to basically uh, have Marlo shoot Canino. Where she, he's using her yeah. as a shield uh, to walk out because uh, at this point, you know, Marlo got to his car, got his last secret gun out of his car, and she basically yells, "There he is behind the behind the seat, or whatever," <laughs> and, and like sets him that way. And then Marlo comes up and just he nails him point blank in the stomach a, a few times. Yeah, they really get to kill some people in this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. As long as you're a private detective, the code doesn't need you to have consequences. It seems. Nope. I mean, he's got he's got his deputy badge, you know. Exactly. He's got his license to kill. You could say. Yeah. Mars shows up. He's got four other men, and they're ready to ambush this guy. Mars heads inside. Marlowe's like, "Yo, I figured this whole thing out. You've been blackmailing Vivian. You know, we all know that Carmen killed Regan. She's high as a kite. Like, yeah. of course she did. You know, she's sucking her thumb like she murdered someone. And then she's like, <laughs> it's like also." We're going to shoot off the gun so your men think that, you know, you were shooting at me or whatever, and they're going to shoot the first person to go outside. So he forces them out, and they just blow him away. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we call the cops. We're saying, hey, Mars is the one who killed Regan. You got it, Vivian, you got to get your sister some psychiatric care. You know, maybe get her off these drugs. Yeah. And uh, as we're on the call, we say, What's wrong with you? Nothing you can't fix. Great, great way to end it. 
perfect ending line. Yes. yes. The big sleep. So let's get some fun facts in here. Uh, one fun fact is that studio chief of Warner Brothers, Jack L. Warner, he gave Howard Hawks a large sum of money. I'm seeing different amounts of money, but uh, everywhere from $50,000. But uh said, go buy the rights of the big sleep. And he bought it for like $5,000 and then just kept the rest of the money. <laughs> why not, right? Yeah, why not? You need all that money to be horny Howard Hawks, right? <laughs> Also, while he was recutting this film, when they were adding all these scenes, he removed scenes uh, like where Marlowe explains the crimes. He's like, you know, I think the audience doesn't really care if the plot made sense as long as they had a good time. And I mean, this movie is the original yeah. <laughs> example of that for sure. Yes. Mission accomplished. Absolutely. There's a lot to get into here is it's, it's weird that Howard Hawks would like work with everybody again after, after doing the last movie together. Yeah. Because... He had discovered Lauren Bacall. That was her first movie. And he was quite taken with her, but she instantly was taken by Humphrey Bogart. And yeah, he was, he was just super jealous of that the entire time. At the same time, I mean, Humphrey Bogart was just getting quite drunk because his marriage was ending with uh, like Mayo something, right? Yeah, I forget her name too. Mayo, <laughs> I typed it out, but it auto-corrected the method. It's not Mayo Method, but that would be a cool name. Yes. That should be a, your band name. So, yeah. He, uh, when they went to refilm the, these scenes, you know, after this, their success uh, of uh, Bogey and Bacall, they, you know, they already were married at this point. Howard Hawks didn't want to direct these scenes because he was so jealous, and he only did it if they promised to not get, quote, mushy all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, you got Sonya Darren, who played Agnes. Uh, she actually was unbilled in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it turned out because her agent had like gotten in a fight with Warner Brothers and they were just like, well, we can't take you out of this scene, but we'll take you out of the credits. Eesh. <laughs> Brutal. Uh, Howard Hawks, he was, when he cast, of course, Martha Vickers, the star of the movie, he saw a photo of her because she had done a lot of like horror films at Universal. Mm-hmm. And so he had Warner Brothers buy up her contract and then really was like, you got to sexy up this part of the sexy Carmen mm. and Humphrey Bogart. He read the script. He objected to some of the lines he thought were a little too weak for the character. And he was like, ah, this must've been that woman Lee Brackett, you know, mm. I'm, I'm a, I, that's how these times are. A woman could never do this. But then it was like, Oh, by the way, those lines were from William Faulkner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was wrong. She then made the, she made the dialogue even more hard boiled. And as a result, he nicknamed her butch. Hmm. Uh, Lee Brackett and Howard Hawks actually did have an affair together up until his death, though, and he's, uh, <laughs> sucks, too. Everybody having affairs, Dan. Yeah. Can't was, do it. That's what happened. So, yeah, uh, one thing I wanted to say was uh, Hawks, because of his jealousy of Bogey and Bacall, like, he was, at one point, he threatened Lauren Bacall and said that, Bogart's just taking advantage of you, and if you don't cut this off, I'm going to send you to Poverty Row, specifically monogram pictures. Yes, I, I I have heard that before. I mean, I feel like that was used a lot too with people. Like that was like that was like a threat. You know what I mean? Like you know, for any any star, it's like, oh, you better watch out. I'm going to send you to Poverty Row. <laughs> you, you be doing stuff at PRC and Republic and uh, God forbid mon- monogram and all those. Let's see. We got this fun memo that kept popping up from Jack Warner again. He said, quote, word has reached me that you were having fun on the set. This must stop. (laughs) Gotta get down to work. There's so much fun in the movie. How could you not? I mean, that's all I got. I mean, it's basically a comedy, right? 
But yeah, over, have, overall, as, as we said, yeah, I think it's a very enjoyable film. Have very, you seen... Very confusing, but fun. Like, have you seen most of these Marlowe's? Like, uh, what, like, what are your thoughts on, like, The Long Goodbye? So I actually haven't seen that, but I've, I've wanted oh. to. The Elliot Gold one, yeah. I, yeah. I actually never, I've never got around to seeing it. And I, I'd like to. I, it's been on my list. Um, that, I think the only other one that I know is, is Murder, Murder My Sweet, which I love. Did you watch the Mitchum remake? Did you I get that, that Blu-ray no. collection? Okay. I have not yet. I mean, because you get that and also Farewell, My Lovely. So you get right. double, double yeah. the Marlowe from him. Uh, and, you know, I will say to that movie's credit, it's one of my favorite eras of Mitchum, like 70s, older, kind of grizzled. 70s like, Mitchum's a good Mitchum. In many ways, it's the best Mitchum. Yes. But, yeah, long goodbye. I, I'd be curious to hear what you think. I, I, I have a complicated relationship with that one where, like, I appreciate it, but it's, I don't know, a little loose with the rules, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no, I'd, I'd like to see it. Apparently, James Garner played Marlowe as well in a film just called Marlowe in 1969, and it was the partial inspiration for the Rockford Files. Oh, there you go. But of course, Lady in the Lake will get to. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to Murder My Sweet. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe in year six of this podcast, we'll get to these other ones. Yeah, never know. You never know with us, especially when you're having a big month, Dan. Yes, big month, big movies. You ready to get big once again for our second big movie? I can't wait. We are going to watch 1949's The Big Steel. Which is, speaking of Mitchum. Hey, hey, read all about it. Army payroll stolen. Turn around. You're on the wrong track, pal. Wrong track with the wrong man. Save it for Washington. We're flying back today and we're taking it with us. No, we're not. What are you looking for? Huh? Well, just a few hundred thousand dollars. There's nothing here. All right, where is it? Darling, I don't think you'll shoot me. You're taking Halliday's word against mine. The word of a guy you don't even know. Isn't that a fool? And neither of us have seen this one. Correct. Yes. So, I'm looking forward to this because you got him and you got Jane Greer again. Uh, re- reunion you know. from Out of the Past. Yes. A movie we think is okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing their dynamic again. You know, I, I'm, uh, this is one that's kind of eluded me too. I, I didn't really know that much about it. But when we were getting thinking of which ones to do, I was like, I saw that and I was instantly like, yep. I was like, it's got two of them. I know that's going to be easy sell for you. And for me, so yeah, it, it seems. It's like one I've been choice. wanting to watch for a while. I I've been waiting for a Blu-ray release of it, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen anytime soon. But for the sake of the show, yeah, I mean the double DVD of that and Illegal, which is actually I thought was really surprisingly good uh, with Edward G. Robinson. I, I think that's actually a worthy double DVD. I mean, yeah, I wish it was Blu-ray as well, but uh, Illegal looked good, and yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll cover Illegal, but but I'll try to watch Illegal too, and at least say if I think it's good or not. I don't know. Yeah, or may, I don't know. Maybe I'll just tell you. 
I, I think it was one of those things future episode. Right. And I think I went in with like really no expectation. Like I, I'd heard of it, but I'd never, I didn't read much about it going in. And at first I was very indifferent to it. But by like the middle end, I was like, wow, this was actually really good. Like it, it like you, you it hits like a certain moment and you're just like, oh man, this was great. So love when that happens. Yeah, exactly. a lot of times you're indifferent yeah. to it and that does not go away. <laughs> right, exactly. But then, then Boy, it, there it, is. it hits a stride and then you're like, okay, this is good. So yeah, so I, I mean, I'm pleased with that. I, without watching the second half of that double feature, I'm, I'm already pleased with that, with that purchase. So 50% good. Can it complete the other half? Find out next week with us, folks. And until yeah. then, thanks for joining us. You can email us at the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook out of the podcast, you know, subscribe on your, your services that gets you podcasts. If you want to go to an Apple podcast, write and review. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Throw us a five stars if you love us. And if not, maybe just don't say anything, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for listening guys. We're going to see you next week for our next big episode. Mitchum Greer be here. In the meantime, here's the crime. Here's the crime. Reading. Mm-hmm.